This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's the MLW's Kiro Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. What's up? This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey, you kids, get out of my yard. That's what Vince McMahon probably said this week. How you doing, guys? I'm your host, the legend TJ's Logan, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Global, that crazy show where we go around the world, we talk about all kinds of indie wrestling, we find you sometimes obscure, sometimes cool, well, always cool, but we sometimes find you stuff you may have slipped through the cracks and hopefully highlight it with you. But you know what? It's a lonely journey, but not so lonely, because with me, my intrepid co-host, and I say intrepid, put the bottle down, Elio. <laughs> Damn, man, can't you stop drinking for one second? We're doing a show here. Ah. My bad. Yeah, you're bad. Okay. Anyways, my my co-host with the least, not the most, well, the highest alcohol level, I suppose. Anyhow, my co-host, the gentleman, and I don't know why they call him that, because he is so rough with the ladies, Elio Canella. Elio, you hey, monster. You monster. <laughs> There are 12 steps and Jesus to help you. I'll tell you that right now. Okay? I, I don't know. I, I How's your week, buddy? My week's great. Yeah? Well, what was so great about it? Did you have it a was, better week than Mr. Money? I did have a better week than Mr. Money. We got my brother coming up uh, this weekend. Ooh, is it a drink-a-thon? Are you guys going to have to uh, <laughs> share kids? Is that how this works? Uh, we're going to celebrate my dad's birthday. Ah, nice. Celebrate dad's birthday means kegger. Got it. <laughs> Got it. I know. I've What's known you going long on? Yeah, that's exactly what you're going to be saying 12 drinks in. What's going on, guys? Why are you upside down? Anyhow, folks, you know what? It got so lonely, we decided to throw out a fish. We threw out a, a, a fishing rope. We tried to see if we could find a fish out there to help us. Somebody, anybody. We said, we found somebody, believe it or not. He grabbed it and pulled the, pulled the ropes right out and said, get up here, boys. We got all the way from the U.S. of A, not B. The U.S. of A, our friend, Ant Liberated. Ant, how's it going, brother? It's going well, gentlemen. Glad to be on the show with you all. How's it going? Pretty good. Now, I'm confused. I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at you on the camera. I don't see your cowboy hat. Uh, Maybe because I don't wear cowboy hats? <laughs> Come on, you're an American. You all have cowboy hats. At least show me your gun. Is that right? Mm, I guess that memo missed me because, yeah, I'm not in possession of a cowboy. What's going on, Elio? I don't know. I, I, okay, okay, so there's no cowboy hat. Okay, well, all right. we have our good friend Ant Deliberated all the way from Texas, and all Americans come from Texas, though, right? Some do, but in my <laughs> case, I'm from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. So. Wow, we seem slightly misinformed here. Okay, yeah, anyhow. I don't know if you were maybe trying to make a connection with the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins because of the rivalry. I don't know how we Is that foosball? Maybe Are you talking yeah, foosball? football? No, no, the foosball thing with the no, football. No, no, no. You mean football. soccer? Peaks, like Arsenal. The white threading. Manchester United. No. No. <laughs> Manchester. Down, set, hut one, hut, hike. 
Oh, like CFL. Okay, got it. <laughs> Anyways, you know what, uh, Ed? We're glad you're coming on board because you know what? Ant is a big fan of AEW, and he's been watching it from its infancy. Got to see the first show live, for those of you who didn't get to see his uh, column. And he does oh, have a weekly uh, column on uh, right here on Wrestling uh, POV Podcast page on Facebook, a weekly column where he breaks down the show. Well, this week, and hopefully for a couple more weeks, he's going to come on and join us, and we're going to go over the show together. We're going to see what our point of views are, and we'll we'll see how our okay, I got this. How our patriotic, and I bet you wearing a flag T-shirt, American mm-hmm. friends. No, <laughs> boy, somebody's going to rate my stuff because I'm just I'm sucking here. Okay, anyhow, anyhow, let's start off this week with a poll. Okay, no, all right, get the poll. We're going to do hot topic. I'm getting oh, all confused. Okay. All these things. Okay, today's hot topic is an interesting one. Me and Elio had a few minutes to talk about this, and I was actually surprised. We have very differing views about this, okay? The hot topic was this. It was reported on a website called Fightful Select that AEW tried to book an event at the former U.S. Bank Arena, now known as the Heritage Bank Center, but the arena didn't want anything to do with the promotion. It was noted that the reason for the refusal was because of the relationship they have currently with the WWE. Now... Arena blocking was something that was really common back in the day when there was like WWF versus NWA slash WCW. What is that today? What does that mean to you? That's why I opened up with, hey, you kids get out of my yard. Because I could just imagine Vince McMahon yelling that out at the ADW punks trying to get into his arenas. Elio, what do you think of this whole situation? Is this cool? Is this horrible? What do you think? I'm going to say it's it's horrible for... uh... Well, well, it might be good for the business side, but it's, uh, it's, I'm seeing it's horrible for the fans. I mean, I'm not a... So you have the WWE fans, you have the AEW fans. I'm not a fan of WWE or AEW. I'm just a fan of professional wrestling. And if I know that, like, an event is coming to my town, and then all of a sudden they say, well, no, we're going to... It's uh, canceled. They're no longer holding it there anymore. It's, uh, I think it's the fans that lose out. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't have a problem with this. I mean, this was common practice 20, 30 years ago, back in the day when the territories would fight over arenas and whatnot. And let's face it, if uh, Heritage Bank Center keeps decides not to put in AEW because they know that the WWE is their biggest rival, and they have a great relationship with WWE, doesn't that just cement the relationship between those guys even better? You know, if anything, from a business prospect, this is a smart thing to do. I mean, and wouldn't you, if you were Vince McMahon, and you went to this arena, and this arena somebody you worked with all the time. Now, AEW, let's face it, as much as people in the WWE may not want to agree, AEW is tugging at the strings, man. They're right there. They're getting closer. They're trying to take a run at the WWE, and maybe it won't happen this year. Maybe not next year, but they're going to make a run. And they may make a dent, just like WCW did back in the day. So if I have an ally who's an arena owner and says, I'm not going to let AEW in because me and you, the WWE, are good friends, I think that just promotes better business relationship, for one thing, between these people. It solidifies some good business sense. And you know what? So what if the people in Cincinnati don't get an AEW show? Pretty yeah, sure it's it, going to be on weekly somewhere else. But then it closes out opportunities to the other companies. Well, like um, it's it's good to have business relationships with one company, but uh, mm-hmm. I think you can have business relationship with uh, more than one company too. Well, 
I think with AEW being such a competitor and making such a big run, this is a smart move on, on, on the Heritage Bank Center's part to do this. And I mean, and you say other companies, what other company could possibly be wow. booking the Heritage Bank Center? I don't see ML, MLW. I don't see uh, ROH, or God forbid, Impact <laughs> trying to get a show in these places. <laughs> Impact's not even up there. Was Impact going to tarp off the entire arena? <laughs> Keep the first two rows open? I mean, that's about all they're going to be able to do. So um, I, 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 this was something that was commonplace. And I don't know, but in my mind, as an old school wrestling fan, I kind of like that idea that there are territories that are WWE territory and there are areas that are AEW territory. It makes a stronger brand, you know. Um, you know, in New York, at least not, well, not anymore, but it used to be the Madison Square Garden. That was WWE. No right. other people went in there. And that's, you know, but now yeah, these days, ROH went in there. Right. Yeah, once they had a half-ass show, and I guarantee you they could never do it again. Uh, look, look at ROH, man. We can't even stomach that's, the TV show. That's true. I mean, uh, I, I, I keep saying it week in and week out. I want to watch ROH. I want to still watch it. I just can't do it. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna say from strictly from the Cincinnati fans' point of view, yes, this is a tragic thing. This is a tough thing. You're not gonna get an AEW show because of this. But I understand definitely in a a business perspective why this thing could should and will continue to happen in the future so long as aew is a threat uh arena owners who already have a relationship with the wwe the smartest thing they can do is to do this now because i gotta tell you vince mcmahon all right well folks we're gonna go into now our first big uh, show segment. And this is where Ant's going to jump on in and join us here. We're going to be talking AEW show Dynamite. We're gonna, I'm going to go over the card with these guys. We're going to give our points of view on some of the stuff we saw. And we're going to talk about what kind of show it actually was. First of all, um, I'm going to say overall, this was a better show than last week. I enjoyed this a lot more than I did last week. And I had a lot of problems with last week. Elio, what did you think? Yeah, I, this one I there wasn't uh, anything uh, really bad on this week's show. I really enjoyed it a lot right. more than uh, past weeks. Okay, and Ant, how would you say this week's show looked? Um, I found the show to be enjoyable for a second consecutive week. AEW has provided a more structured show than it did the first week of February. And you could tell that they're genuinely putting in the effort to build towards this upcoming pay-per-view revolution, which makes sense since this is the month of the pay-per-view. Makes sense, makes sense. Like, I, yes, you gotta say, it, the structure is starting to come together finally. That was one of the things that made the show a little tough to watch. I guess right now the problem I'm having is I like the structure, but sometimes the exact quality and stuff in there, I think could be a lot better. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I, you know, we're going to go over this. All right. Let, let's talk right. about uh, the AW show and we'll talk about what we think were the highlights and lowlights of it because there were some interesting things here. Let's start off, first of all, it opened up as AEW does. Now, first of all, guys, do you like the hot opening like this where they go right into matches or do you like the WWE approach of the promo to set everything up? I know what I, I prefer. Um... After the going right into the matches, uh, like the promos are like, well, if you're WWE, we know how long their promo segments can go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, uh, after having seen a lot of those, I'm like, well, I just want to go right into the match. 
And? Uh, for me, I like balance. I mean, give me a show that can offer both. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, inundate us with one more than the other. If they could be balanced and if you can offer, you know, mm-hmm. a bit of both a hard opening as well as mm-hmm. a promo to set up a show, I'm fine with it. Okay. Uh, traditionally here, AEW has been doing the, the, the quick opening constantly. It's, it's, yeah. I don't, have they actually had a promo opening yet? I, I don't recall actually ever seeing one yet. I think they had one with John Moxley. Sorry? I'll have to go back, but I'm almost certain that John Moxley and Jericho would start out with opening promo. Yes, they did once. Yes, okay, yes, I do remember that one. That was just a couple weeks ago, too. But traditionally, mostly, it's been the hard opening. I got to say, I like that kind of opening, the hard opening. It, It Sometimes it just gives you that feel like, especially guys like us who have to watch tons of wrestling, any wrestling show can kind of be when you first walk in and you're thinking, okay, you know, two, three, four hours I'm getting into here. Boom, throwing that stuff at me sometimes gets me right in there instead of sometimes when Raw opens up and the whole long talking and stuff is kind of like, huh, it's going to be one of those nights, is it? Like, <laughs> you know. All right. right. So, first of all, we start off with this crazy ass tag team eliminate. Okay. It's a battle royal where it's full of teams. The winning team gets the title shot at the upcoming pay per view. The thing is, though, you can be eliminated, but your partner can stay in. Two guys have to get eliminated for a team to be eliminated. Um, first of all, Ant, what did you think of this match? In terms of the actual wrestling, I found mm-hmm. it exciting. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it was ongoing action. Uh, I thought, you know, the match kept us engaged. The audience was engaged. You know, they were into it. Biggest issue that I had match-wise was that SCU, who were just your tag team champions, were eliminated early in the match. And I'm mm. like, okay, there's the regard and respect. That kind of depletes their value having them eliminated so early in the match. I agree. I agree. Anything that popped out in your head there, Elio? Um, like Ann said, um, the uh, match itself, the wrestling was uh, good. Uh, SU getting eliminated early. Um, what I liked uh, was that they actually gave the Butch and Blake something to work with. This yes. Week. They gave him a say, bit more. They gave him a bit more to work with. Finally, those guys don't look like such jobbers. Yes. Right. Um, I'm going to have to agree with the SCU thing, except I did like at least they covered the fact that they made it a, a storyline feature. So it wasn't just like they were hucked out and we moved on to the next team. You know, they had a whole elaborate setup with the Dark Order. And yes, the Dark Order shit, but whatever. <laughs> um, at least it didn't make them look like total jobbers because mm-hmm. – they got the distraction. They got thrown out. What did you guys think of uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, doing the, oh, uh, <laughs> I guess, what would you call that? The uh, uh, Who's the guy, in, uh, like the Kofi Kingston type, uh, used something not to get eliminated sort of yeah, deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they chose spot so to not get, I think it was Trent or was yeah, it Turkey? it was Trent. Yeah, was Trent, Trent, yeah. <laughs> Let's face it, if it was Jackie T, you would have just dropped him on his head. Nobody likes oh. Even Chucky e. T's mom doesn't like Chucky. E. I'm so I'm so confused on Orange Cassidy. It's like uh, he's freshly he's squeezed. Like, he doesn't do anything. But he's freshly squeezed. No, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> and you got to tell us, man, what do you think of this Orange Cassidy dude? So, um, I I guess traveled the gambit of emotions when it happened. I chuckled. I found it funny. And then I thought to myself, okay, how is it that this lazy, nonchalant guy who does nothing more than soft shin kicks gathers the energy to shoulder a man 
and then walk him to the steps so that he can continue in the match. Like, this. <laughs> right? So if you're going with this whole lazy thing, then where's the strength come from? And then it begs the question moving forward as to what's going to be done with Orange Cassidy. Like, are we going to see him legitimately wrestle? Or are we going to, or are they really going to uh, beat a dead horse with this whole, you know, lazy gimmick? Like, I'm, I'm over Orange Cassidy. I want to see yep. him do more than be lazy, throw up the soft thumb, and put his hands in his pocket. He's having he's he's strike me. I kicked by the bunny. <laughs> now, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> okay, there's that, yeah. You guys don't understand. He draws his powers from the millennials in the crowd. His laziness oh, okay. is gathering the power <laughs> that lets those shin kicks. They may look like they're soft, but they are the power of mountains. Oh, yes. Yeah, the power hurt. of millennial energy. Okay. Here's the thing about Orange Cassidy. All right. All right. I don't get it. Elio doesn't get it. Ant doesn't get it. But there's a whole bunch of kids in that arena that get it. And yeah. if they keep getting it, then you got to keep playing the crap until he ain't a dead horse until people stop, you know, until the fleas run away. He ain't a dead horse. Okay. So unfortunately we're going to have to put up with this crap because it's the same junk as like uh, the best friends hugging each other. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I really, over. actually, I think I found the one thing that might go into the book. Is it going to be the hug? Mm. Uh, yeah. That, that, but as soon as they do that spot, the camera just zooms in and out. Like Okada. They do the Okada Rainmaker pose as soon as yeah. they have. Exactly. To capture I don't all know. the arenas. Yeah. I think the problem here is Elio's jealous that he didn't get hugged. <laughs> <laughs> I see you looking at Chuck E.T. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, I'm sure you're mistaken. <laughs> so you know what? This match itself, it was, you're right. It was, you know what? These matches have a tendency to be either be really exciting are absolute crap. There's no in-between in these type of matches. And this was actually very good. It was fun. There was, you know, there was the Dark Order junk. There was, um, I, I found it very interesting, too, how the Young Bucks end up being the winners. You know, the smallest dude in the whole thing. Uh, I do appreciate the fact Butcher and the Blade. We've been talking about them. They, they have so much potential. I'm yeah. glad this week they at least gave them something. They didn't look like such such jobbers, okay? So, yeah, I think it was a good match. Um Moving on to the second match, Chris Stratlander versus Shayna. Why don't we start with you, Ed? All right. So for Stratlander and Shayna, um, I thought they performed well. I thought it was a good match. Um, to me, they put on the kind of match that makes me wonder why is it that these women don't get more shine and more television time? I mean, you know, they're, you, you see, you know, you would see Brandy and the Dark Collective before, I guess, that whole thing fizzled out. But those two who can actually go in the ring, need more television time and my hope is that that match moving forward will grant them that but i thought it was a very good match i won't say it's anything along the lines of nxt's women's division because of course nxt's women's division is still leaps and bounds beyond mm -hmm. that of aew's but that match did do something for the division okay Possibly. how about you Elio? okay yeah so when shannon came out i was like Okay, uh, it's different. We haven't seen her in a while, um, so I was wondering who she was facing. And then out comes Chris Statlander. I'm like, oh, now, 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 now I'm torn. I don't know who. I, I like them both, and I really like this match. And I'm gonna wow. say, um, I was I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. I think the Nightmare Collective being disbanded, like, and that whole thing being done, is like the reset button. 
because now they can start rebuilding everything, especially with this women's division. Fair enough. Um, I got to say, I enjoyed the match a lot. Uh, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I totally in love with Chris Stratlander. Yep. And, yep. Uh, but Shanna too, I've sung the praises of her. Um, they have the look of legitimate wrestlers. Yeah. They also legitimately wrestle, which is kind of nice. The only thing that uh, downside of this match, the little nose boopy thing, yeah, was kind of kind of silly. And Britt Baker, oh my God, somebody gag that chick! Oh. I don't need to hear her voice I, I, her I, down I, her face. I guess she's pretty and stuff. But come on. Yeah, I get they're now, trying to elevate her heel persona, but it's mm-hmm. just something about her for me that does not work. I mean, from I guess the the overall effort and trying to come off as a heel to the excessive use of dental terminology that has nothing to do with wrestling. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. just isn't working for me. While we're talking about these these two ladies and the women's <laughs> division, I recently listened to the uh, pre-show uh, that Cody Rhodes did uh, online with a bunch of journalists, and when they brought up the uh, when they brought up Nyla Rose and uh, uh, the women's division. He named off a bunch of women he thought were outstanding, including Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Riho. He named all these women. He never mentioned Chris Stratlander whatsoever, despite the fact she's probably the most popular girl in actually his division. And and he never mentioned Shayna either. And these girls have been reduced to AEW Dark I don't know how many times, and barely right. anybody watches that. Um, so it just it worries me with the, <laughs> their vision of, the women's division is going to be because they don't even have Stratlander in their sights at all. They didn't even mention her. There, there was also one thing that I, that I was thinking about. Is, um, now, people watch AEW Dark. Unless you watch AEW Dark, you wouldn't know. But uh, they, they, they hyped up uh, this uh, Sadie Gibbs signing, and we hardly ever see her unless you're watching AEW Dark. I don't even know who that is. Sadie Gibbs, she's an yeah. Australian wrestler that they were like hyping up uh, before the company even started. Yeah, and then now, no like, <laughs> that tells you how much I have no idea. See, right? Yeah. Unless you watch Dark, you wouldn't know because we always uh, we were always seeing the same women every week. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, moving on. Let's talk about next the Nyla Rose interview uh, coming out. Uh, I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to say. It was clunky. I mean, she does not seem comfortable. She walked out. She was kind of like, is that all you got to say to your champion? Oh, come on, guys. I, I know I'm a heel, but I'm a champion. That and, knows, are you here? And I mean, Big Swole and Stratlander, they made more of a presence, not even getting the mic coming out. And it just, she just looks so out of place. And, uh, it did not do much for her. And what do you think? So when the interview started, you could tell she didn't know when to interject. And mm-hmm. I guess when she finally realized the time in which she should interject, uh, the promo came off. She, she came off uncomfortable. Now, as she progressed, she seemed to have better command of it, but it still wasn't convincing enough you know, for me to say, oh, my God. Nyla Rose is about to kill. Now, mind you, I, I did like the part where she mentioned that she's going to be breaking bitches. I, I can't lie yeah. about that. I thought that was clever. Yeah. But outside of that, it wasn't what you would call a commanding 
heel promo. No. And, you know, the only thing that truly helped that spot, which really wasn't, you know, the most impactful thing, but even that, you know, that slight pull apart mm -hmm. with uh, Statlander and Big Swole, as you mentioned. Another woman who, by the way, should get more airtime on mm -hmm. the flagship show, but is being, you know, relegated to dark for whatever reason. So that whole segment was just, yeah, just not good. It, and it's clear that Nyla has some polishing up to do when it comes to her mic skills. Okay. Elio, is this where you tell us we're full of shit and you think she's awesome? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, let me say this real quick, Elio, before <coughs> I jump in. Nyla Rose is a Washington, D.C. native, so it pains me to have to critique my fellow Washingtonian this way, but I got to be a realist first. So yeah, she's got to get together. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say, um, yeah, the Nella Rose uh, interview for me was uh, was a little late, uh, but I did like uh, when uh, Statlander and uh, Big Swole uh, came out. Yeah, I think it's the coolest I've ever seen Big Swole. I was, I was, <laughs> she was like, holy crap! And here's the problem: is Nella Rose is the big beast uh, heel, and she looked like she was scared of these two that came out, and they pretty much dominated her. And she did nothing but slink now, away. Now, now, I have a question yep. though. Um, wait, wait, who's the number one? Uh, who's uh, ranked number one on? In I think the they difference? said Statlander this time. So I watch. Uh, I know. I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna say right now we're gonna get Statlander versus Big Squall, and the winner of that match faces Nyla Rose. That is some WWE booking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on next, John Moxley versus Jeff Cobb. Uh, Elio. Your thoughts on this match? Um, this one, I, I was gonna, I was gonna put this low light only because uh, Jeff Cobb lost, and I thought like in this debut match, uh, having them lose to Moxley, I know Moxley, yeah, they want to make him look strong going into Revolution, mm -hmm. but I thought like uh, making Jeff Cobb lose, uh, I, I didn't like the way he lost. Okay, match. and. What do you think of this um, I, I, I get, as Elio said, I get them, you know, trying to make Moxley strong going into the pay-per-view. Um, but we haven't seen Moxley lose yet. I mean, I would have been, I definitely would have been cool with him losing to Jeff Cobb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if shoulders weren't pinned to the mat, do something to put Jeff Cobb over, even if he isn't officially signed yet, but because a big deal was made of his appearance, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, half the match end in the disqualification as a result of Jeff Cobb blacking out and just being on the mission to destroy Jericho and mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Jericho, but destroy Moxley. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Going with yeah. into the paper, have him look a little stronger than that. I thought this match, you know what? On paper, this sounds great. John Moxley has been like doing some really actually fun matches. And uh, anyone who's listened to the show knows that you know I've known Jeff Cobb for about a dozen years and. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had him on the show even, and uh, he, uh, he, I've been a big fan of his for years, and to see him going in there, I was so excited, and this match was really flat for me. And I'm not saying it's who won or lost, just the match itself just didn't live up to what I thought these two could do, what I know they can do. And for me, it just came off flat, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a flat debut, whether he wins or loses. Jeff Cobb didn't look like the monster he looks like, and John Moxley didn't look like the bruiser that he was. Mm -hmm. Okay. We, also so saw I, the, we also saw this match in NJPW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, we saw this a much better version of this match. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> we, saw, we saw these two, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So, uh, okay. Uh, then we, let's talk about uh, Adam Page, Kenny Omega against the Lucha Brothers. Um, and do you want to start off? So, for this match, I honestly wanted brothers to win. I felt like mm -hmm. they deserved to win. Mm -hmm. But considering the direction that they're going in story-wise with Paige and Omega and the Young Bucks who won the Battle Royal earlier, I mean, it was inevitable that it had to play out the way it did. But if the Lucha Brothers do not get the tag belts uh, before this year is out, there's clearly some injustices going on. And, and unfortunately... Um, you would have to look at the young bucks, you know, being in the position that they're in. And, you know, people are already thinking that they're going to use their, I guess, uh, executive prerogative, if you will, to put themselves over in certain situations. But like the Lucha Brothers are just in a class of their own. When I say mm -hmm. they are, you can make a legitimate case for them being the best tag team in all of wrestling right now. It'd be hard to argue against that. No, very much so. They're they're pretty incredible, Elio. Yeah, um, this was a good. This was a great match. Um, this is the longest heel turn I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I think we're gonna finally get it uh, next uh, Saturday. So, okay. but uh, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, Lucha Brothers are a great team. I like them, and I think they're gonna end up uh, getting the championships. Okay. Um, you know, watching this match, um, I did like the fact that Kenny Omega seemed a little bit more serious wrestling this week. You know, sometimes he seems like he's kind of a cartoon in there. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a heck of a lot of posing, a heck of a lot of goofy facials running that, that weird running where he like runs in, in spot for like two seconds and then flies off. You know, it's, he's like a cartoon sometimes. And sometimes when he goes too much of that, it takes away from what, how good of a wrestler he is. Yeah. And this week, he that was at a minimum. He, he uh, really, I, I found it a really exciting match. The Legion Brothers are amazing. I mean, the stuff they do, I put them like I, I know everyone thinks of the Young Bucks as the pinnacle of tag team, but the Lucha Brothers, man, they really, they've got like some crazy stuff going on there that, you know, that the Young Bucks don't even touch yet. Um, the match was exciting, and uh, yes, he, you know what, Elio's been talking right. You know, this has been the longest heel turn forever but here's the question is is there going to be a heel turn do you guys think oh. there will eventually be a heel turn yes or no there there has to be i mean they've been like uh playing this up for so for for so long okay and is there going to be yeah. a heel turn giving how page has been separating himself from the elite one would hope that there will be a heel turn okay you know what i'm gonna think this is my prediction uh -oh. This is my crazy booking prediction. Oh, no. There is going to be a heel turn, but it's okay. going to be Kenny Omega. Whoa! What? He's going to turn on the Young Bucks. What? And maybe Adam Page will join him, but he's going to be the one to turn on the Young Bucks. That I see coming in a mile away. I've done a lot of stuff with booking companies, and this seems the best way. That was the most shocking way to throw this in there. See how the Young Bucks are always, oh, Kenny, and then Page kind of storms off. Kenny, Kenny is going to be the one who turns on the Young Bucks. Adam Page see, will probably join him. You see the look of shock on Ant's face? Yeah, <laughs> because he's also thinking, maybe that guy's on to something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see the look on my face? I'm well, like, what? I legitimately Sorry. dwell on something. And if, you know, wrestling prioritizes shock value as much as they should, or at least as much as we think they should, 
that would be an excellent angle to go with because it is it's pretty much predictable that Paige is going to be willing to turn. No one can see that Kenny will be the one to turn, but I mean, he would have legitimate reason. Like, why is it every time we win, here you are, the young bucks coming in to steal our spotlight? You know, you have to be at every post fight interview, you have to stay in the ring with us after every victory. And the spin could be Omega has finally seen the light, he's tired of it, and he gets where Paige is going with it. And they are, you know, mentally connected and they, you know, separate themselves from the bucks completely. True. And for all you fans out there listening, going, well, that's a great idea. Bear in mind, I am 95% bullshit. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, hold on a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, what, what about the, the number of buckshot rates that uh, Omega is eating from Paige? Uh, we all in have a rough night. We all have rough nights. Yeah. Trump uh, shit himself in a match once. A lot of, a lot of rough nights. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I, I just think it would be a tremendously smart idea, booking idea. It would throw everyone off, and it would be like, it would be one of those cool things where everyone would be shocked, but then when you started thinking about it, you went, hey, this makes so much sense, and that's good booking. When yeah. stuff would make you think, if it could shock you, but then make sense later, that's cool. And I follow up with, an, with a promo the week after, and given the reasons why he yeah. did it, yeah. Okay, let's move on now to the main event. <laughs> Cody versus Wardlow. Wardlow. <laughs> First of all, the name Wardlow just makes me like groan and roll my eyes. But anyways, in a cage match, guys, Elio, compared to cage uh, matches, theme, what did you think of this? Okay, cage matches. I I like steel cage matches. Like I grew up, I like grew up uh, watching the steel cage matches. I don't like the way. You, the way uh one the way someone can win you either win by pinfall or submission when I was growing up it was either you go out the door or over the top of the cage okay well that was the old WWE style but uh, down yeah. south it's always pin or submission yeah no that's what I'm saying as uh but uh, that's what one thing I don't like about the steel didn't like about the steel cage match but um Wardlow he did a little something but I'm still not uh, sold on Wardlow. Okay. And? Um, good. The match did everything I thought or hoped it would do. In mm -hmm. that, you know, a wrestler, Cody, will wrestle, and a bruiser will be a bruiser, using his brute strength and the cage as his weapons to, you know, cause as much, create or cause as much damage as possible. Um, I wasn't, you know, expecting Wardlow to come out there and put on some sort of technical wrestling clinic or whatever mm -hmm. the have you, but I will say this. Hats off to him for hitting Cody with a Sean O'Hare-like senton bomb. Mm -hmm. O'Hare. When I say it took me back to WCW and Sean O'Hare, I mean, he executed it so well. I mean, he did everything that he needed to do as a bruiser, and I, and I think they played off each other well considering the type okay. of Okay. Uh, what do you guys think of Cody doing that crazy ass off the top cage? That was looked like if Wardlow hadn't caught him, he was breaking both his legs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was I wasn't expecting him to uh, win the match that way. I thought I thought we were gonna get a crossroads to yeah. end the, the match. Well, okay. actually, we did get one. I, yeah, I we did I before that. Remember, you know, he uh, Cody, <clears throat> took, Cody took the ring from Wardlow and popped him in the face with the ring. Then he hit the yeah. crossroads. I, oh, okay. I, 
was staggering and still reeling from, you know, those two shots. And then that's when he went for yeah. the, uh, the, the moonsault. Oh, now, okay. this match for me, um, hmm, I really love cage matches growing up, too. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. It was okay, but it wasn't okay. spectacular. And I think, the, I think one of the things that I don't get is I get that Cody, okay, Cody is the first cage match in, in AEW. But why put a guy who's pretty much not known at all? It wouldn't mm -hmm. have been to have your first cage match, maybe some big name dude like Jericho or, you know, somebody bigger. To you, It seemed like a waste of the first cage match on Wardlow. Because let's face it, you guys know Wardlow ain't going to be in no main events down the road. He's not going to be a main yeah. guy for this company ever. Right. But, so but for me, that was a bit of a waste. Yeah, but that's uh, because that's one of the stipulations MJF uh, had in place. No, I mean storyline, but I mean when you think of it spectacularly, is are we going to remember this match in six months? Yes, it's match of the year. Yo, you're getting you're going in the vault. <laughs> um, I guess I'm just saying, you know, for the first big cage match, it would have been better to have two legitimate great wrestlers in there, just because that's your company, you know. Um, Wardlow, let, let's face it, he's okay, and he played his role. But like I said, guys, he's not going to be here in a year. He's not going to be anybody we remember. He's never going to be a main eventer. There's like at least 10 guys in AEW who are miles above him in any kind of stature. No, I'm, so, so I, I'm not sold on Wardlow. Yeah, and I'm not even sure yeah. if I'm sold on the guy at all. Except I got to say he did a few things. He did, that, he did those moves that were pretty impressive. Like I didn't expect the moves he did pull out. Um, he really flew. And did you see him tossing Cody around like Cody was a bag of garbage? That was like, holy yeah. crap, that guy's strong. I'll give him that. Um, overall, though, there wasn't the energy I wanted for this kind of match. I just expect, uh, I guess, you know, when you get a cage match, you want that energy you're going to feel. And it just felt like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to beat this guy somehow. And, and that I didn't like. I got a kick out of MJF getting hit in the face by Arn Anderson with the door, though. After yelling at him, do what you do to all the turn on him like you turned on his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> MJF just plays such a prick. He's so good at it. Yeah. <clears throat> so overall, now, F, you wrote in your column this week that you gave this a B plus. Yes. Elio, how are you going to rate this uh, week's show? You know, our overall ratings. I'm going to go with a B. Okay. Yep. And you know what? As much as it sounds like I'm being a tiny bit overly critical, I'm going to give it a solid B too, okay. because I thought there was some there, especially when we went over this again. I'm like, you know, there were some really good stuff on there. There yeah, were a there few was, weak things. There was no ugly on this show. Yeah, there wasn't anything that just yeah. made me go, "Well, no." Britt Baker's uh, <laughs> "I'm on the mic." I get that she's really pretty, and I get she was the first big name they signed, but. When do you give up on a project that's failing? Like, we, we, they need to start putting some of the women from Dark on the actual show. Right. Yeah, they do. Um, they want to have a better women's division? Uh, let them yeah. wrestle. Yeah. No, like, like, like I said, I think that uh, disbanding the Nightmare Collective was like a reset button. I hope. We can only hope. Any last thing you want to say about this week's show, Ant? Um, I gotta give love to Jim Ross. Um, he's been catching a lot of heat for you know, yeah, mispronouncing names and you know, having stumbles here and there. And people have been brutal to him on Twitter. I'm like, keep in mind, Jim has been doing this for 30 some odd years, 
He's mm-hmm. 60 plus years old. He's battling health issues, but he's being a sh- soldier and he's pushing through. Now, of course, you know, you want to come off as precise as possible because you are a new wrestling entity and you want to do everything possible to mm-hmm. elevate your brand. But I just feel like people are entirely too brutal on JR. So for him to have a solid show the way he did on last night, I'm happy for him and I hope this moving forward, he can continue to build on that. All right. Elio? Yeah. Any last thing you want to say about the uh, thing? Uh, no, I just uh, like like I said, I thought it was a really good show. Really enjoyed it a lot more than I did past uh, weeks. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm gonna say that I, I'm glad you brought that up, Ant, because there was something, and I can't remember the joke now, but uh, Jr. said something really funny that wasn't. It was like self-aware funny where you knew he was just like owning it. He said right. something hilarious in the first hour that I wish I'd written down because I can't remember now. But I remember just laughing going, yes, JR. You know, people are shitting on you, but that's some funny stuff. And I can't remember what it was, but he said something extremely off-the-cuff funny that was just like. <laughs> there was something he said at the beginning of the show that I yeah. liked, it, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious, though, and yeah. it made me. Um, Anyhow, so that is our wrap-up for uh, AEW this week. We're going to go into next into our polls. But before we do our polls, I also wanted to mention uh, a little bit of something that's AEW-related. And uh, it had to do, of course, with Nyla Rose. Now, we've discussed Nyla Rose in the past. Um, For those people who are not caught up totally about Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose is the current AEW Women's Champion. She just won the belt this week. She is also a transsexual wrestler, meaning she is a man who's been transitioning into a woman. Um, along the way, there's been lots of prejudice and lots of... Um, last week. Yeah, especially last week after she won the belt. A lot of people came out and said a lot of disparaging things, including Val Venus, former <laughs> WWE uh, wrestler, who, man, he had a lot of terrible things Val to say Venus. About, uh, about her. And... Uh, <clears throat> It was interesting. What I really enjoyed about this is how many people on the AEW roster came forward and defended Nyla Rose openly, including Dustin Rhodes, who I believe said that he has a son who's transgender and he thinks he wants all the homophobic crap to stop. And one of the interesting ones was uh, Cody Rhodes, who on that uh, same call that I mentioned earlier, somebody brought up the thing of Val Venus uh, Mm -hmm. saying these terrible things. And You know, he said something that I'm sure we've all heard this in our life, okay? And he said, you know what? When something somebody says something terrible, when you acknowledge it and 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 give them press or or oxygen to use it, you're just powering them up. You're giving them power. And the best thing to do is when somebody throws stuff like that out, you just ignore it and walk away. You know? He said he said, you know, maybe. Maybe Val Venus is throwing stuff out there to try and get booked, but you know what? He's burnt his bridges with AEW, and they're mm-hmm. never going to book him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Val Venus. And, uh, yeah, the guy who pretended to be a porn star making yeah. fun of somebody else's any kind of sexual identity. And I know, he, I know he operates a marijuana growth uh, um, distillery. <laughs> distillery, whatever. You, you just got booze on your mind all the time. <laughs> You cannot make alcohol from marijuana. Get it out of your mind, Elio. It's not going to happen. All right. Now, before Elio passes out and I have to revive him with smelling salts, we don't mean the vodka-flavored ones, maybe it's time you read the poll, Elio, and did your job. 
All right, so we had two polls up uh, last week. The first one uh, was concerning Teddy Hart, mm-hmm. where we asked uh, whether whether Teddy Hart's career was finished or whether he still had a chance to make an impact in the wrestling world. Now, we both, I said that I didn't think I, that this was, I thought he still had a chance to be something. Okay. And Elio, I think he did too. What did the fans say? Well, 70% said that he's done, while well, 30% said there's still time for him to make an impact. Wow, that is a big disparaging difference. And you know what? It finally came out this week what exactly he was uh, arrested for. The Class 3 narcotic was steroids. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. Steroids and wrestling have gone hand in hand years. I'm pretty sure this isn't going to correct his... This is going to make any difference in his career anywhere. So, I guess a lot of people just threw him under the bus with the first chance they got. All right, what's the next uh, poll? And then uh, the second one was uh, has to do with Jim Ross. So when he uh, referred oh, to yeah. Nyla Rose as the king of the mountain, we asked whether or not people found it to be offensive. 23% said yes, while 77% said no. Well, the fact that 23% said yes shows you that there are sometimes we do have to kind of be careful with the words we say. Yeah. People can get hurt. Now, Jim Ross, he made a mistake. He shouldn't be crucified because of, you know, some little mistake. People want to key it in the fact that he was trying to look at Nyla Rose as a man, not a woman, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I think JR has proven over the years he's not that kind of person. So it's kind of sad that a lot of people kind of took it that way. So anyways, Ant, we're going to go into our second half of our show. We want to thank you for coming on, bro. Thanks uh, for having me, gentlemen. Yeah. Looking forward to coming back and doing Thanks. more with you. Oh, we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yep. It was fun. And if Elio hadn't been so drunk, he might have heard half of what you said. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> uh, when Elio works on it, it means he's showing up with a six-pack. That's not working on anything right. but a bad we're liver. Gonna work, we're going to have to work on it in a way that's different from Elio's understanding of words. Right. Six-pack? I'm huge. I've been working out. You're a keg, buddy. With all that beer in you, you look like a keg. All right? You're no six-pack. All right. Uh, we're going to pray for you, Elio. We're going to pray for you. Anyhow. <laughs> well, steps in Jesus. That's what you said, right? Oh, you're praying to Jesus. Okay, sorry. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break here. Um, when we come back, we're going to be looking at our regular shows of MLW, NXT UK. Uh, maybe talking a bit about that vault. And well, we'll see what else we throw against the wall and sticks. See you guys in a couple minutes. Hey, Elio. Yes, sir. Did you know that you can buy a WPOV t-shirt? What? Yeah, man. WrestlingTees.com has a store open. There are four, four different four different designs of wrestling POV. Wrestling Tees. Uh, wait, is it for WrestlingTees.com? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm looking at it right now. Isn't those some this. smart things, man? Wow. I mean, even a drunk like you can appreciate designs like that. <laughs> Indeed, I can. <laughs> Indeed, you can. Well, you know what, folks? You can be part of the pro wrestling. What are we going to call ourselves? We'll call ourselves WPOV Army. That's right. You want to join the WPOV Army? No, we're not going to march on any governments. We're not that ridiculous. But we will march on bad wrestling, whether it be WWE, whether it be some indie thing across the world. We're going to stand up. And how do you show that you have a great point of view? while you buy the Wrestling POV t-shirt. And if you write in enough letters, ask for a global. All right. Hey, folks, we're back. Um, 
Wow. Elio, are you still awake? Yes, I'm still awake. All right. Did you steal Ant's booze? Because you look a little pickled more. Than- <laughs> <laughs> uh, sake, I've got enough to last me for, for a decade. A decade? Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. Yes, sir. Well, you know what, fans? Uh, we, I just wanted to, to mention that uh, we're always interested in what uh, you fans have to say. And uh, maybe there's something on the show that uh, has piqued your interest, something that we've talked about, something that you'd want, you know, to comment about. Maybe you want to say something about. And uh, there are many ways that you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast. Get a hold of us at Instagram at... Wrestling, w- Wrestling POV1. One. I knew it. I was going to say w- Wrestling POV1. And what is our Twitter one? I'm never good at Twitter. What is the Wrestling, Twitter? Wrestling POV. Wrestling POV. So, folks, you know what? Take that time. If there's anything you want to talk about, anything you think we should be covering, maybe you want to say, you know what, Legend, you're awesome, and Elio, you suck turnips. By all means, <laughs> please turnips. write us. Come okay? on. And if you write in and say, Legend, you suck turnips, well, I'm not even going to read your thing on mail. As a matter of fact, I'll probably delete and block you, so think about that. <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, moving on. Did you know that we have a sister program called Wrestling POV Podcast? You can find it on this network and just about a bunch of other places. You can find it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. And you know what? Yes, there is only two of us great Canadians hosting this. Yes, it took four of them to host that one, but hey. They're pretty good, too. Let's give it up for Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, Mimi Goody, and probably the most evil puppet you'll ever see, Miguel Cole. These four cover everything in the WWE, and they have a lot of funny stuff. Their shows, uh, it's pretty crazy. Sometimes me and Elio have been on there, and i got to tell you, it's uh, like swimming with sharks hosting that one. (laughs) But by all means, check them out. Now, this part of the show, we'd like to finish going into our regular you know, we have a bunch of regular shows we cover. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about NXT UK. Now, Elio, what was your highlight for NXT UK this week? Now, my highlight was uh, Dave Master versus Saxon Huxley. Why? Why was it a highlight? Uh, well, um, we've uh, talked in the past about how uh, Dave Mastiff has, uh, has grown on us, and uh, we had him at, in the book at one point, but then we, took, we started becoming fans and getting behind him, especially in his feud with Joe Coffey. So I just, uh, I see, like, uh, anytime he's in the ring, it's, uh, it's, his matches aren't always the greatest, but they're always fun to watch. Well, you know what? This is ironic, but this week, one of my lowlights is the Dave Mastiff-Saxon-Huxley match. Now, first of all, I want to get out of the way that I enjoy Saxon-Huxley a lot. Uh, He's a guy I've known, and I enjoy his wrestling. You know, Mm -hmm. he's got an interesting character. I think he needs a lot more direction right now, for sure. Dave Mastiff is starting to slide for me, man. He's going to have to do something, because I swear, when I looked at him this week, I thought, man, he's just a short, fat man with a beard. (laughs) And he didn't deliver anywhere as much as I thought he should have in this match. I didn't get the domination. He wants to go after Walter, and Walter kicks ass. Well, well that, uh, that's the one thing I'm not understanding, is that where this feud with Walter just, uh, came, it seems like it came out of nowhere. Well, if you remember back, uh, Imperium attacked the Hunt, and the Hunt oh, right, got, yeah. okay. got uh, 
Mastiff to join oh, them. Oh, so this is, this, is, this is going back to that then? Yeah, this is a continuation of that. He felt that after his match oh. with Walter, it didn't... It, what, he's not done feuding with Walter. Even though Walter's oh. thrown him to the curbside, he ain't uh, he ain't having any of it. Okay, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I remember when I remember when all that happened. And then mm-hmm. it's like, they, they uh, steered away from that for a while. Mm-hmm. So I don't know they were, so I guess they were going back down. Yeah, I think that I think you know sometimes it takes a couple matches to finish a series. Um, I don't think Mastiff and uh, and Walter uh, had a, a solid enough conclusion for either of these men too. So yeah, I see this feud going on a little bit longer. Okay. Now uh, as a highlight, now how do you say this is girl's name? It's written in uh, in Gaelic, so yeah, it's Efa uh, Valkyrie. Aoife? Aoife. Aoife Valkyrie. Okay. I'm going to give her the highlight of this week. I enjoyed her debut. She has a very good look. She has some very interesting uh, offense, and her skills are, are pretty unique. Mm-hmm. I do say, though, there's some stuff she's going to have to polish up on, okay? Um, too many times she's busy posing, like overposing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she takes too many times where she distracts herself looking at the fans so much to the so that you can see the other wrestler have to slow down to get her back on track. And that, that'll just take some time. I've seen this over the years. You know, newer wrestlers uh, find their pace. Uh, right now, her pace isn't the greatest, and she's definitely going to have to work on that. But she has a very unique look, and she has a really unique offense. Okay? Okay. So yeah, she was kind of... She was definitely one of my highlights of the week. Uh, low lights of the week. Well, I told you it was definitely Dave Master. What was your low light of the week? Uh, one of my low life low lights of the, of the week was um, Gallus, Gallus versus Only Lorcan and uh, Danny Birch. Uh, two Gall actually two Gallus matches, one after another. There was like I felt like the the matches could have been spaced out better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Joe Coffee, then right after that you had. Wolfgang and uh, Mark Coffee. Now, the reason I think that, and I agree, I think the reason that they need to be spaced out is Gallus is not as strong as they can come out to be. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they overexpose themselves too much Gallus. You start to think, yeah, oh, these guys aren't really that special. And the problem with having so much Joe Coffee, you know, having a match and then having him in the next thing, it was just too much. It exposed Gallus as being... Nothing special, really. And that was a de- detriment this week. Right. Um, plus, I, I got to say, I'm not a fan of... <sighs> Gallus needs somebody to speak for them. Because <laughs> Joe Coffey is terrible. His oh, promos, yeah, they don't make a lot of sense. They, some, some, some of what he was saying, I was like, Gallus boys on top. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It just comes off. He, just, he needs a lot of work on his promos. It comes and off cartoonish. It really does. Yeah. And, and in a weird way. And the the reason I too say is if you watch Gallus long enough, you start to realize that maybe Wolfgang is actually the more talented of the three of them. And he's not even related to them. And, and, and when we when we all down on Wolfgang after uh, Pete Dunn, I beat the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to say, um, well, you know what? Uh, Gallus is on a bit of a slide for me right now. Um, I'm almost looking at them as like... Uh, I'm not sure if these guys are anywhere as cool as I thought they could have been, maybe should have been, might have been. You know what I mean? Yep. So they're going to have to do something to turn that around for me. And they've done it before. 
you know, there's times where they've overexposed themselves and we've not liked them and then they've turned around and did something that made you go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where this goes. So uh, what do you think this week's show, what would you have given it on our uh, uh, port card rating? So this week, um, I'm going to have to go with the, I'm going to go with the B minus on this one. B minus? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to say, surprisingly, I enjoyed AEW a little bit more th- this week than uh, UK. And that's wow. new. That's a, that's a new for us to say. Well, Chris, Strat- <laughs> Chris Stratlander definitely uh, was one of the the major ups, and Shanna, yep. like, come on, man, that's like yep. throwing ice cream on ice cream. How did that uh, work? Um, I, was, I, was, I totally I was torn. I'm like, yeah. well, who, who did I go for? <laughs> it was like it was like that day you had that bottle of of whiskey in one hand vodka in the other and you're like where do i start legend and i said put them both in your mouth and drink and you I, did. Look like, I look like a walrus yeah but you were a walrus with alcohol poisoning and i visit you at the hospital like a good co-host should <laughs> all right all right let's move on now to mlw this week mlw the big kitchen of the week is this week's show sponsored by the dynasty they uh, promoted it. They were in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So much so, they got to tell the announcers what to say. They got to write the cards of people coming out. Yep. They got to ban Matt's Warner from the building. Well, not really, because he had to, he ended well, he up. he got in. Yeah. We, we knew he would uh, he'd get in eventually. The show opened up, which was pretty hilarious, with Matt standing there and the What's that girl's name? Uh, Alicia Atoot. Okay, and she comes out. She's like, what do you think, Vance? What do you think of the dynasty? And he's like, mm. takes a drink of his beer. Mm. They're assholes. <laughs> they walks off. <laughs> All right. What's the tone going on? Uh, highlight. What was your highlight of this uh, episode? Okay, so my highlight was um, Chino Medina versus Septimo Dragon. This is a good match. What, what did you really like about it? Um, well, not so much Gino Medina because I don't really care. Uh, like, we already saw, we already seen him, but um, I like Septimo Dragon, even though okay. I am aware that he's an actual dragon. Now, this has probably been the best that I've seen Gino Medina wrestle ever. So, you know, I was a bit, I was a bit impressed. He looks like a bulked up version of Sammy Guevara, which is pretty funny. I was gonna see that even with the hair. Yeah. Um, when, when he came out, I was looking at his hair, I'm like, you know what? I, he could pass for Sammy Guevara. <laughs> now, um, my highlight of the show was all the hilarious stuff, okay? And I mentioned stuff before. Like, there were times where they had the announcers. They made mm-hmm. them read certain things about opponents or the about uh, – because every match had a dynasty member in it. Right. Um, there were dumb stuff. Like, they had a card come up when, Alt- when Septimo Dragon came out and had all this information at the bottom and it wrote, he's not really a dragon. <laughs> or when uh, Aerostar came out, it had all the serious information. And then at the bottom yeah. it said Mexican spaceman. Um, that stuff was funny. Uh, the whole Mance Warner continually trying to get into the building to the point where he finally gives his beers to what's that guy's name? Gorgon, Gregon, Greco, Grogan, whatever. Grogan, Grogan. Grogan. And uh, Grogan with the great, uh, well, what the hell, MJF's an asshole. <laughs> Let's pass it. Um, and then even the 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 uh, what do they call that? Uh, the Tom Lawler's Dallas. Oh, filthy does filthy, Dallas. Filthy does Dallas, where they decided to pee on the site of the former Sportatorium. Oh, was, uh, kind of funny, kind of dumb. 
so all those kind of funny things were funny, but not stupid funny where you just went, oh, they're just being idiots. It was like it all fit into what was going on. Yeah. So it was kind of a funny that was like, ha, that, that was kind of good, guys. Okay, yeah. you got me. So that's my highlights. Um, low light. Low light for me was Hammerstorm versus Aerostar. Why? I'm still not. A, I'm just not a fan of Hammerstone. I just he's just got that big uh, built uh, built. Uh, but uh, otherwise, like inside the ring, I don't really. He doesn't really do anything. The narrow star didn't do anything for you this week. Uh no. I I prefer Septimo Dragon. Uh, okay. More narrow star. Plus also the unmaskings. What yeah. Was that? Now, how come all these Mexican wrestlers wear these elaborate uh, Mexican masks that are like like rock solid, yet Hammerstone ripped that off in like two seconds? Like it was like a sock. Phew, it was off. Uh, Gino Medina ripped it off. Uh, yeah, when Hammerstone, when Hammerstone ripped off, uh, they quickly put the towel over the guy, over Aerostar's head. Now, my, lo- my low light, and it kind of pains me to say this because I don't want to be a dick about it, but... The Von Erics. Um, I think, in my mind, this is sort of like in the beginning with Brian Pillman mm-hmm. Jr., where they had a guy with a name who definitely wasn't ready for the position they were putting him in, but they kept throwing him out there and throwing him down your throat because he was who he was. And unfortunately, I don't think the Von Erics are that great of a team yet. I mean, they have the potential, but they certainly don't have the experience. To be put in a main event position. I don't see them legitimately being able to fend off uh, Tom Lawler's dojo. I don't see them being able to actually fight contra these kind of teams, you know. Um, they're just being pushed too much too fast. And because yeah. of that, when I see them, especially in the main event, to me it was just, it left a bit of a distaste in my mouth. And it was definitely a low light for me for this week. Okay. How would you rate the show on our sliding scale? Oh, this one's going to have to be a C for me. A C? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a, yeah, I'm going to have to go to C too. You know, there were some parts that were funny, but overall, the wrestling for a show that's usually pretty yeah. known for wrestling wasn't the greatest this week. Now, I, now I, have, <clears throat> I have a question for you. Um, yeah. So we have MJF is now in AEW. Okay. You see Richard Holiday ending up in AEW? Who? Good question. Um, no, not right away. I think eventually. I'd say give him a year. Okay. I think right now he's finally starting to come into his own in MLW. Okay. I mean, he was member for a long time. He was relegated to being like the kind of just the dumb extra dude. Right. Um, but he's been really starting to make personality. He's. It's coming together for him really good. I mean, let's face it. He has a tremendous look. He's really big. He has a great build. He has a very strong look. It's starting to come together for him. But I still think he is too green. AEW is going to, if they're going to hire more guys, it's definitely going to be people who have a more proven, you know. I mean, Cody himself has said that you're going to have to be part of AEW. You have to be able to go from bell to bell, you know. And I think Holiday can. But he hasn't proven it enough to enough people yet. And I think it's there. And like I said, six months to a year, 
I could see him going to AEW for some stuff. But right now, I think right now he's, you know, MLW is giving him the position and the chance to to develop. Same as Hammerstone. I mean, yeah. Take a look at Hammerstone of today versus Hammerstone when he first started. Mm -hmm. There's definitely leaps and bounds in the stuff he's doing. He's still not at the level of obviously a great wrestling technician, but he's starting to make a lot of more improvements than he had in the past, Elio. And I'm pretty sure you'd have to admit that too. If you looked hard enough, you'd see that the guy is a lot better than what he started off. He always had that great look, but now he's got to become the better wrestler, right? Well, we, we have been turned uh, in the past. So, you know, so we might end up, uh, he might end up being one of our favorites. Who knows? I do know that uh, a local company here in Alberta is bringing him in in the next month or two, and uh, I'm going to see if I can try and get an interview with Hammerstone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay, add up our things for this week. So that would put us, I guess, this week's winner. Oh, my gosh. Did AEW actually win this week? I think AEW won this week. Yeah, AEW with the two points. So he was uh, two NXT, you came with one and uh, MLW, MLW with the goose egg. Yeah. What does that so, put us on our overalls? That puts us at, I believe that puts us at nine for NXT UK, uh-huh. six for MLW, and uh, four for AEW. Yikes. Well, maybe AEW is going to turn the corner here. I mean, wow. They had a, they had a solid outing this week. They're, they're catching up. Well, you know what? Uh, is there is there anything? No, we were talking about this earlier. Do we have something to throw in the book this week? Uh, we don't have something to throw in, but I think we have something that we should uh, take out of the book this week. All right. Well, first of all, let's open up the let's open up the book. Slowly, the great book opens. And uh, what what is it you want to take out, Elio? I think we should take Jim Ross out of the book. I'm going to have to 100% agree with you. Uh, I was thinking that this week, you know, he's been taking a lot of crap lately for his stuff. But let's face it, he is an older man and he's been doing wrestling for a long time. And I think we just sometimes people have that they want to pull somebody down (laughs) or tear someone apart. And I think this is really inappropriate. I mean, the man has given so much. He really does do some good stuff there. And sure, he'll slip up now and then. But especially, uh, especially to these fans, I, you know what? I'd like to see, I'd like to see the wrestling fans uh, do what Jim Ross does every week. I was just going to say that all these people who are giving him shit and complaining about him, I'd like to see you try and do his job for a segment, let alone a whole show. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. You know what? We almost fell in that millennial bullshit. Let Let's pull it out. Pull him out of the book. All right. So, Jim Ross, you are out of the book. And uh, let's see what else we have in here. See well, wanna, yeah, we haven't gone over the book. Let's see what's yeah, in Yeah, we haven't book. done the book. Yeah. Let's see. Look, Britt Baker's Mandible Claw. You know what? I almost want to expand that and let's put Britt Baker in. Everything. Okay. About Mandible Claw, her shitty commentary, <laughs> her terrible wrestling. <laughs> Her stupid dentist terminologies, the fact that she insists on being called Dr. Britt Baker. Come on, most dentists aren't real doctors, so don't even tell me that, okay? So, Britt Britt, Baker. Britt Baker, you just made the book. Yeah. Okay, well, who else we got? What else we got in there? All right, then we have The Dark Order. 
uh, in brackets, Evil Uno. Okay, you know what? The Dark Order, Evil Uno. Okay, Evil Uno, even wearing that suit, you still look like a fat bitch <laughs> pig. So um, you're terrible, man. You're a terrible wrestler. You're terrible on the mic. Uh, the Dark Order, ah, I'm so over these guys. And they yeah. keep hinting about... The, the exalted one and you know the internet's all ablaze is it going to be uh is it going to be brody lee is it going to be matt hardy could it be christopher daniels how about how about who gives a fuck because it's terrible it's shit and we don't care who the exalted one is yeah, he can go means, exalt himself to hell for all it's there. gonna be raven like oh my <laughs> who I cares have a, oh. i have a question actually yes on aew he was in me. I see Jake Hager in uh, the crowd uh, on Jake a wig with the microphone. When the, the, all that dark order crap was going on, that was that was his. The, you mean the guy who was talking? Yeah, who's the guy who was talking? That's the spokesperson for AEW uh, for for the Dark Order. He does all their little promo commercials. Remember, oh, like okay. I yeah, he's just, I guess he, we never saw his face. No, yeah, he's he is the. Uh, yeah, why they brought him out for that segment didn't make any sense either. Since we don't really know him or know anything about him, they could have easily had Fat Old Uno who was standing there. Who should be actually called Duo? He's that fat. He's not Uno. He's like Duo. He's, you know, evil Duo because he ate his brother in the womb and now he's <laughs> his weight or something like that. Anyhow. Okay, let's see who's next. We have Kenny King. Oh, sorry. What? I fell asleep as soon as you said Kenny King. I thought his match was on, and I was just bored shitless. Uh, and we have Casey Lennox. You know what? Casey Lennox is so dumb, I feel like I'm almost being mean, making fun of her. Like, you know, maybe and she just needs education. Maybe we, don't really, we don't really see her anymore. Yeah, I'm, she's just disappeared. So I, I, I think we should take her out. Okay. But she could easily get back in there. That's true. Okay. Just because you're out of the book doesn't mean you're necessarily out for good. That's right. There is no safety. And we have Emmy Sakura's microphone. Well, we don't see her much anymore, but yeah, that, that was stupid. Let's keep it in there. That, that was yeah. just embarrassing and dumb. Her, her whole gimmick. The whole I mean, queen thing was ridiculous. The NJBW commentary team. They're going to stay in there because we got to <laughs> up with their bullshit for a while. They... they Kevin Kelly, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, Gito, uh, somebody had me. Uh, somebody had me uh, an ice cream because I'm super. I don't My know. name is Gino Gambino. I'm here with TJ Logan. G yeah, <laughs> he's got his accent. Yeah, Gino Gambino. I'm glad he really had to really I think hard to rhyme a name. Okay, and don't forget that prissy little idiot uh, Chris, whatever his name is. Charlton. Yeah. Oh. Where did they get that goof? Okay, yeah, they're terrible. They stay. Next, next, we have Nyla Rose. Yeah. She's not... I Until she starts really wrestling like a real monster, mm -hmm. I don't get it. And then last, we have Ortiz. Oh, yeah, he's still doing that horrible shit. Did you see even in the Battle Royal? He was doing... Oh, I didn't see him. Did he, did he do, did he do yeah. that He raked Matt Jackson's back and then turned around and did that... Um, They're like, oh, it's Tiger style. Stop! Why? Like, why does he do that? Like, does he think that it's cool? Like, why? That's indie wrestling thinking. 
do the stupidest thing you can. If somebody laughs, you keep doing it till they stop laughing. Yeah, but doesn't that just because they're laughing doesn't necessarily mean they're laughing with him? Right, but a laugh sometimes to the greedy promoters, a laugh is a laugh. So yeah, I get you saying though, buddy. And so that's our book for this week. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, all those people deserve to be in there for sure. Yeah. Well, wrestling fans, man, every time we do the book, I feel emotionally drained. <laughs> All that venom spewing out of me and hatred. Are you okay? Anyhow, you need a drink? I'm going to have to drink, and I know the place to get it. And that's Elio's all-night cabana boy room. Right that's here. Right. He has so much booze, I'm going to be swimming with the fishes tonight. <sighs> Elio. Yes, sir. Great episode this week, man. It was fun sitting here talking wrestling with you. Um, folks, we want to say we enjoy... Uh, you know, there's people all across the world who've been listening to our show. They've told us, they wanted to particularly say this week that a lot of Canadian fans have joined the show and been listening to Global. You know, uh, we want to thank you all. As your brethren and brothers, it's great to know that uh, Canada has always been a hot spot for wrestling. Canadians yeah. have loved wrestling since the beginning. And hey, some of the best wrestlers in the world, even today, are Canadians. So uh, thank you all. We also want to thank our brothers in the United States. We want to thank our brothers across Asia, Europe. All across, uh, we know we get people down in uh, Australia, New Zealand, and of course, my brothers in Russia, Privet to all of you out there. It uh, it just warms our heart to know that you guys are listening to the show, and uh, keep tuning in. We're going to keep trying to find more and more wrestling. And I got to tell you, I want to throw a challenge out there to our wrestling, fan, our wrestling fans from Russia. I know there's Russian wrestling out there. You guys send me in some letters. Tell me what we should be looking at. Point out some Russian wrestlers wrestling in Russia right now. We want to hear about it. And uh, anyways, it's been a great episode. And I just want to say uh, it was fun having Anton this week. We look forward to talking to him next week. Elio, yep. it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Folks, you have a great night. Elio, say goodnight to the good people. All right. Fans, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>